Today on Better News Radio with Pastor Ricky Alcantad. Ruth pleads the words of Boaz back to him. And in the same way, God invites and loves when his people plead his promises and his words back to him. It's not as though God is like, oh, don't bring that up again. You said, Lord, you'd be my shepherd. You said you'd lead me to still waters. You said you'd restore me. You said you'd prepare a table even in the presence of my enemies and the difficulties in my life. And the Lord's like, oh, don't bring that up. That was for another, you know. The Lord is like, no, yes. Yes, tell me, son. Tell me, daughter. Ask me to be your shepherd. Hope in God, oh, my soul. He is strong and he is strong to save. challenged, humans always have the tendency to back out of their commitments. We make an effort to maintain our word, but all too often we fall short. But does God think that way too? Pastor Ricky shows in today's message how God always fulfills His promises for your life. He's not only pleased, but He also confirms you of that commitment to you when you search after and remind Him of His promises for your life. God only wants what is best for your life. You just have to rely on His grace and His promises. Now let's join Pastor Ricky in the book of Ruth, chapter 3, as he continues his message, The Posture of Kindness. Typically, you would leave a servant or somebody like that to guard. And Boaz seems to have no shortage of servants, right, of people with him. But this is why I love this dude, okay? Chapter 2, when the meal's coming out, he's on the grill. He's serving people. He's serving his servants. And then here, he is the guy that says, I will stay overnight and guard the grain. You guys go home. You worked hard today. I've got this. Don't you just love this dude? I love this dude. Good example for leadership. That's a whole other message. But Boaz is there. And and Ruth is probably thinking, man, he really is a a man of character. He's willing to stay out all night doing this. So she came softly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. And at midnight, which means just the middle of the night, the man was startled, probably because his feet were really cold, and turned over, and behold... A woman lay at his feet, and he said, who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth. Now, here's the other thing about this I love. You know, it's probably dark. He probably can't see her perfectly. The other reason he doesn't know who she is is he's only ever seen her in the context, remember, of sweat and mud and field work and cuts. And so he's a little like, wait, who are you? And so she has to say, I am Ruth. And of course, he's thinking, oh, oh, like, you know, okay, okay, wow. She cleans up pretty well. Uh, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. Now, this is amazing. So remember, Naomi only told Ruth to go there and then basically present herself to Boaz in this symbol of kind of asking for his help, being under his feet, asking for his assistance, and kind of letting him decide how he's gonna help. Ruth, if Naomi goes all in, Ruth like ups the ante and goes all in and basically says two important things. First, she calls herself a servant, a a maid servant. So this is a servant that that was not a slave servant. It was a servant that could have children um, that the, in the ancient world, I'm not saying we should do this, but the, the ancient world, it was essentially a concubine. It could be a concubine. You could have children that would receive your inheritance through a servant like that. But Ruth does not leave herself there. She says, spread your wings over your 
servant. So this, in her saying that, she's getting right up to the line. I mean, if like, if this is proposing marriage, like Ruth gets like right up to the line uh, short of proposing marriage. And here's why. In Israel and in many parts of the ancient world, that image was an image of marriage in some sense. Uh, do you guys remember years ago when our friend Billy Rays, who's a pastor out in Midland, and he, his family is Middle Eastern, and so he's talking about marriage. He uses this example, uh, this Middle Eastern tradition that was, would have been present in the times of the Bible, where uh, the husband would have this kind of shawl over him and would, would then, when he's married, then bring his wife under the protection of the shawl. So if you guys were here, you remember Dick and Liz Snow, and Dick is a tall guy, and Billy, don't make eye contact with Billy while he's preaching because he'll pull you onto the stage. And so Dick and Liz get pulled onto the stage and Dick is there and he looked really good in a shawl. He could pull off a Middle Eastern shawl, which I was surprised by. And so he's there, he's got this shawl, he's a tall man. And then he brings Liz, his wife, they're right there. Could you guys wave just so that everybody could see you? I'm making you embarrassed again. Not, Billy wasn't enough. And so Liz, and they've been married for years and years, decades. So that's why this is so sweet. And Liz comes and, and basically Dick takes the shawl and she's under the protection of the shawl, under his protection. Basically saying, all I have, I'm gonna use to cover you. That's what Ruth is saying. She's saying, bring me under the shawl, marry me. Let me take refuge in you, in a sense. Now this, this is beautiful. This is bold, this is risky. <laughs> but Ruth leans fully on the kindness of God. Like, there is no going back from this. There's no, like, either he's gonna say yes, or he's gonna say, please never come to my field again, right? There's no like, hey, let's stay friends. It's either marriage or nothing, or like, go away. And look at what Ruth does. She uses Boaz's words here. Remember in chapter two, where Boaz basically says, uh, may the Lord cover you, may the Lord help you. And, and she takes that image of the Lord covering and helping. And Ruth says, you ask that the Lord cover and help me. I'm asking you to be the means the Lord uses to cover and help me, right? She goes fully in on Boaz. And Boaz, in a second, will point out that, that she could have gone after younger men or other men in uh, the town, Right, either through marriage or just being a mistress. or In other words, if she just wanted a house, if she wanted a stable living situation, there are other people she could have approached. Um, and yet she rejects that. She risks her reputation, goes all in on Boaz. And the other thing that commentators point out is Ruth could have, if she had less character, used this in kind of a, of a seduction mode. Being taking, you know, having Boaz in a vulnerable moment, vulnerable place, she could have sought to seduce him or, or misuse what the Lord's given her, and yet she refrains. She she respectfully asks for his help. And so here's here's I think the challenge for us. Then, so what does this mean for us? The challenge is this: Do we as Christians fully lean on God's kindness this way? Fully leaning on God's kindness should feel risky. If you're not leaning on God's kindness in a way that feels risky, I'm not sure you're fully leaning on God's kindness. It should feel like, okay, if I do this, there's no going back. That is the Christian life. And the thing that I think is highlighted here, even against chapter two, is this is all in. This is everything. This is all the money in jeopardy. This is all the chips and poker. This is everything all in on the kindness of God shining through this 
man. And this is the path of the Christian life. For example, I know uh, a number of singles, are, are, we have a number of singles in our church, and you may have questions like, you know, will God be enough for me while I'm single? Will God give me the relationships I need to find, you know, a family and friends and, you know, even romance if God has that for me? Will God sustain me without that daily companionship with this part of my life? And let me just say this. The interesting thing about the book of Ruth is it highlights the fact that all of us start out single And many of us will be single again. Almost all of us will then be single again, even if we're married at some point in our lives. Like singleness is not like like everybody's married. And sometimes married, especially in the church, singles can feel like we're the aberration. Everybody else seems married. The reality is if you look at the scope of life, many of us spend more time as singles than married, even if we do marry. So for those seasons, is God enough? Do you fully lean on the kindness of God? A fully leaning means, means saying, look, I, partially leaning could look like this. Okay, let me say it this way. Partially leaning could be like, well, I trust God. I'm going to church. I'm trying to do the thing. But there's this person and they're willing to be in a relationship with me and I know that they're not godly and I know it's not right. I know they want to do things that, you know, don't glorify God. But I'm gonna, I need that because I, I don't want to go all in on this. Or maybe for some, it's a quiet kind of sour comfort of pornography, right? I'm not, I don't have a companionship. I don't have that right now. So I need this. I, you know, I'm coming to church, but I need this to be able to survive. And here's, here's what Ruth is doing. Ruth is going all in, trusting the kindness of God. Not just with proposing, but even going all in in her coming to Bethlehem, leaving her people, leaving her family behind, going all in. This is her pattern. She is willing to bet it all on the kindness of God again and again and again. That's the path of the Christian life. That's what it should feel like. Now, here's the other thing that I think we see in this story. It is broader than just the world of relationships. Uh, This leaning on the kindness of God, for example, could be in the area of finances, right? For all of us, as we're making decisions about what to spend money on, and even trying to be generous and serve others with the finances God has given us, one of the things that we can do is we can say, well, I know God promises that whatever I invest, he's gonna you know, return in eternity. And I know God has promised that he's gonna be my provider. And I know God has promised that, that in eternity, all of this you know, won't even matter. I'll have a future with him. But it feels really good to spend money on these things, right? Or your career. You, you know, maybe the Lord, you're feeling like the Lord leading you into a career that you know, he allows you to serve people in a particular way or something. I'm thinking we have some social workers in our church that they don't get paid as much as they should or teachers or people like that. And, and you're like, man, I don't know. I could go over here and make more money, but I feel like the Lord is maybe leading me in this way. But I don't know. I'm gonna do this instead, right? That, that feels too risky. That feels like going all in to much. We face these in all the areas of our life, you know? Maybe even in friendship, like, okay, I'm going I'm to risk being a friend again. I got burned on that last one. I'm going to risk being a friend again. Christian life, the default, listen, this is what I want to say. The default posture of the Christian life for the disciple is leaning fully on the kindness of God. And I don't think, I think most of us don't like that. I don't like that. I like like a half lean, you know, where I'm still stable, you know? I don't like leaning fully because I don't know if this pulpit is going to hold me, right? And if I keep doing this, I don't know if it's going to hold me. I don't know if my arm's going to, you know, and it starts to wobble. And you're like, I don't like the full lean. I like the half lean. We'll do half. We'll go half. Ruth goes all the way. Naomi goes all the way, leaning fully on the kindness of God. And the last note I will say here, the other thing she does that I think is a beautiful model for us, as one commentator I read pointed out, is Ruth pleads the words of Boaz back to him. And in the same way, God invites and loves when his people plead his promises and his words back to him. 
It's not as though God is like, oh, don't bring that up again. You said, Lord, you'd be my shepherd. You said you'd lead me to still waters. You said you'd restore me. You said you'd prepare a table, even in the presence of my enemies and the difficulties in my life. And the Lord's like, oh, don't bring that up. That was for another, you know. The Lord is like, no, yes. Yes, tell me, son. Tell me, daughter. Ask me to be your shepherd. Ask me to restore your soul. Ask me to prepare a table in the presence of your enemies. We're to fully lean. But second, second section, God's posture toward us. Our posture is fully leaning on him. God's posture toward us leaning toward us fully with kindness. We're meant to be in suspense here. How will Boaz react? And in many ways, we're meant to be in suspense. How will the Lord react when God's people come to him and fully lean on his kindness? Verse 10 says this. Boaz said, may you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first in that you have not gone after young men, whether poor or rich, And now, my daughter, do not fear. Hear this. I will do for you all that you ask. Right. Ruth goes all in. Naomi goes all in. And then Ruth ups the ante and he says, I will do it all, all that you ask. For all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. And now it is true that I am a redeemer, yet there is a redeemer nearer than I. Remain tonight and in the morning. If he will redeem you, good, let him do it. But if he is not willing to redeem you, and that, that phrase actually is stronger than what comes across in English. It's not just if he is not willing, if he's not delighted, if he does not consider it an honor to redeem you, then as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until the morning. Now, the book of Ruth is an interesting book because it's all about the kindness of God, and yet God never appears as a character in the book. It's not like an Exodus or Genesis where God appears and talks to Abraham. God appears and talks to Moses. People talk about God, but God doesn't seem like God talks to people. But that is exactly the point. In the book of Ruth, God speaks to his people through the brush strokes of the character in the book, the characters in the book that display his kindness. In a sense, Boaz is one brushstroke. Uh, Ruth is one brushstroke. Uh, Naomi is one brushstroke. In other words, he's painting a picture of his kindness using the kindness of people that we're meant to see and say, that is so like the Lord. How like the Lord is that? And in particular, we're meant to see that Boaz, as a redeemer, as a provider, as a protector, as a helper, Boaz is a vivid picture of the kindness of God. We're meant to see Boaz as a godly man, but more than that, we're meant to see Boaz as a picture of God in his kindness. Now, in this most vulnerable moment for Ruth, notice how he acts toward her, not in manipulation, not in taking advantage of her, nor does he mock her and reject her. This vulnerable moment for Ruth. Imagine this moment as as Ruth speaks this, you know, she's going further than her mother-in-law told her to go. She's saying, please, Cover me with your wings. Be my redeemer. Be our family's redeemer. And imagine the moment I'm sure hung in the air for a second, because remember, Boaz just woke up, right? This is the sequence for Boaz, okay? First of all, his feet are cold. He turns over. There's a strange figure in the dark. The strange figure pops up. It's a lady. He, the lady seems familiar, but he, he's like, and then she announces, it's Ruth. Like, oh, it's Ruth. I love Ruth. And then Ruth proposes. This is the sequence of events for Boaz, right? He could be forgiven for saying, you know, give me a minute. Let, you know, let, let me get back to you tomorrow. I need to wake up, get some coffee and think about this. But Boaz's response, look at that phrase. I will do for you 
all that you ask. Do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask. That is his response. Ruth is fully leaning on him, as it were, and Ruth is wondering what his posture is going to be back, and Boaz's response is that he fully leans toward Ruth. In fact, it reveals in many ways that he has always been fully leaning towards Ruth. He does not care in this moment that she is a Moabite. He does not care that she is an outsider, that she is a widow, that she's already had a previous husband, that she is poor, that she has no station in life. He fully embraces her and says, all that you ask, I will do. All of it, I will do. And in that phrase, I think, church, we are meant to see a glimmer, a picture, a foreshadowing of this kindness of God toward his people. And the image, oh, the image that Ruth uses and the fact that Boaz embraces it says so much. He doesn't talk her down. He doesn't bargain her down. He doesn't say, okay, listen, you're asking for marriage. You're asking for me to cover you. You're asking for me to redeem you as we'll talk much more about next. I'm asking for all these things. I can do a little bit. What if I give you and Naomi some grain for a while? Or what if you come into my household as a maidservant? I don't know about marriage. I wanna keep my options open. No, he, he fully embraces her, and he embraces this image of spreading his wings over someone. And that's what's going on with the blanket, by the way, okay? In case anybody's wondering, what is the deal with the blanket? You know, what's, uncover his feet with the blanket, what's going, essentially what, what Ruth is saying is this blanket is a picture of Boaz's protection, and she's asking that it be extended over her, right? This is remarkable that Boaz's response is yes. All that you ask, I will do. You, yes, I will cover under my protection. Remember, he is a man of considerable resources, has a lot of servants, has a lot of wealth. Apparently, as we'll see next week, has a high reputation in the community, has a standing in the the area and the land. And he says, all that I am, all that I have, I will use toward you. I will use to cover you. Look, the best way I I can describe this you gotta stick with me here, is, is last year, and I've talked, to, talked about this uh, some, but last year when my son Ford had uh, significant kidney issues uh, for a number of months um, and had continued to have concerning lab results, right at the beginning of COVID, his uh, nephrologist recommended that we biopsy his kidney uh, because he was concerned that he had a very rare condition that would lead to kidney failure uh, in a number of years if he had this particular condition. And so there's an atmosphere of fear. <laughs> we show up at the hospital, and you know, normally El Paso Children's Hospital is fun, and there's like a play area. I remember showing up to it that morning. There are like guards with guns and a tent, and it, it looks like, I mean, it looked like a movie. There, and it was dead silent in the hallways. And so we're we're marching up with him and he's being brave. And so they do the kidney biopsy, but the anesthesia that they, he has to stay overnight, the anesthesia that they gave him has a particular effect. It makes him uh, sleepless and agitated. So he's restless and he's sleepless. And and even as we go into the night, he's unable to sleep. And you could just tell, and I, I could tell some of it was the anesthesia and some of it was just the fear that everybody that walks into his room was wearing a mask. You know, for the first time in his life, he can't see anybody's face. And and all of this. And so finally, you know, I'm trying to get him to sleep. I'm trying to do these things. We're reading the Bible. We're listening to his bedtime playlist. We're doing all this stuff. And finally, he just looks up at me and says, Dad, can you sleep with me? Meaning, can you get into the, the hospital bed with me? And I'm looking at the hospital bed. And I'm like, I don't, and I just said, okay. 
And so we, we, we had to, he had an IV and he's got, you know, monitors connected to him. So I'm trying to push him over to the side. I'm trying to crawl in next to him. And I, and I remember that there was like a physical change that came over him when I got into the bed with him and put my arm around him because he felt, and he did, listen, what he thought was not true, but what he thought was that my dad is here. And even in a scary, uncertain world, he will not let anything bad happen to me. And he fell asleep. In church, I think that's the best image I can come up with to describe what God does for his children. That when God sees his children leaning fully on him, saying, I have nowhere else to go. I have nowhere else to turn. I am all in with you, Lord. If you don't help me, I have no other hope. And God's response is to lean in toward them and cover them in the shadow of his wings. Boaz demonstrates this beautiful scriptural reality that is true of the Lord. And I'm not making this up. I want you to see this in scripture. What he does is the Lord illustrated. Psalm 36 verse seven says this, how precious is your steadfast love? And if you're wondering, wait, steadfast love? I thought that's what Ricky said. Chesed can also mean. When, when it's translated in Ruth, kindness, it's the same word. How precious is your kindness, O God? The children of mankind take refuge in the shadow of your wings. Psalm 91 verse four says, he will cover you with his pinions and under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. Look, I wanna bring the guys back into the message because when I started talking about wings and like a bird covering a baby bird with her wings, a bunch of the guys were like, I'm out. I don't know about that. I don't know if I wanna be like a baby bird and God's like the mama bird and he's covering me. Okay, come back in. Another image is a shield and buckler, right? You can use it. The, the mama bird says something about the comfort and warmth of God's embrace. It's not just a cold embrace, but a shield and buckler says something about the strength and efficacy of his embrace. I mean, imagine that, that you're in the ancient world and you lose your shield and you are suddenly vulnerable and there are spears coming against you where all of, all of a sudden from behind you, your commanding officer comes in with his shield and plants it down in front of you and all the spears and arrows go thump and you know you're safe. And he throws his body over you to protect you. That is the image here. Psalm 57 verse one, which by the way, Psalm 57 verse one is written when Saul is hunting David down to kill him. This is what David says as he takes refuge in a cave. Be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me. For in you, my soul takes refuge. In the shadow of your wings, I will take refuge till the storms of destruction pass by. Open God, oh my soul, He is strong and He is strong to save. Open God, He's a rock in your hiding place. He's a mighty fortress. Better News Radio is a listener-supported ministry of Cross of Grace Church in El Paso, Texas with Pastor Ricky. We're so glad that you joined us today for a message that's focused on something life-altering that happened in a little town called Bethlehem. The birth of a baby boy in a stable shifted the course of mankind and set it on a course that will lead to ultimate triumph in the face of hardship and loss. 
I know that sometimes it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel in the midst of so much struggle, but I'm here to tell you that the birth of Jesus wasn't for nothing. Love, forgiveness, grace, and so much more was wrapped up in that tiny little bundle. This Christmas season, may you experience the joy of our Savior's birth and the blessings that it brought and is still bringing. Wondering what to do next now that our time is drawing to a close today? Go to betternewsradio.com and listen to this message again or other messages from Pastor Ricky. While you're there, don't forget our podcast so that you can listen anytime and anywhere. Twitter and Facebook are some other ways that you can stay connected with Better News Radio as well. Do you prefer the good old telephone to technology? Then you can give us a call at 915-562-7100. We look forward to hearing from you. Again, that phone number to call is 915-562-7100. We hope that you've been blessed by what you heard today. And we look forward to meeting with you on our next edition here on Better News Radio.